0: What's going on guys? Chris Schubert, Alex Cologe, Luke Wright. Following game 2 of the NBA Finals, a 122-103 win for the Golden State Warriors. They take a 2-0 series lead. Guys, I'm just going to open it up for the floor. Where do you want to start?
1: I have, I have a quick question for you guys. Okay. Outside of LeBron, yes. How many Cavaliers players do you think scored in double digits?
2: So Three. Kevin Love, uh George Hill and uh who had eleven? Somebody at eleven. George uh George Hill, uh get yep. Love at twenty yeah, all right,
0: you have to get
1: there.
2: George Hill at fifteen. Was it, yep. Who had eleven points? Was it uh yeah. JR? No, no,
1: Oh, Tristan. Tristan Yes, Yeah, yes. JR, J.R. had a whopping five. So if I came to you sure. and I had talked to you and I said, Hey, LeBron yep. is gonna have almost a triple double. 29, 13 assists, nine rebounds. For and you. I said, Hey, Kevin Love is going to have a 22-10 and 10 game. That's a good game. And then I told you, George Hill is going to shoot 50% from the three-point line, and he's going to have 15 points, and you're even going to get... Double-digit scoring on Tristan Thompson. You would, you would I would tell you that they have a chance to win the game.
0: That's what I would tell you. I would not say they were, they were guaranteed to win, but they would have a chance.
1: You would be wrong. They lost by 19.
0: They did. And the reason why they lost for, by 19 is because uh, Steph Curry did Steph Curry things, mainly in the fourth quarter, knocking down four contested three-pointers, ended the game with nine made three-pointers, an NBA Finals record, passing Ray Allen. He finished with 33, 9 of 17 from the three-point line. And, and look, th- they didn't do what they normally do in the third quarter. They didn't have that Avalanche. The Cavs kind of kept them at bay. The Cavs won the third quarter in this game. Shocking. But, but then it just looked like the Cavs just ran out of gas. The Warriors went wire to wire in this one. They never trailed in this game. It's their 13th win over the Cavs in the NBA Finals. The first one that they won without trailing at least once in the game just shows you how dominant they were in this one. From the jump ball, it was just all of them. And I will say something that I have not heard a lot of people say, and I'm not trying to give an excuse for the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's just something I noticed while watching this game. Yes. I thought early on it was very interesting. That they were they weren't going to LeBron as often, and, and and LeBron imposed his will at times in this game, but it, it did not look like it, it, it did in Game One, and I wonder, and I'm just going to throw it out there, my hypothesis. I wonder if the eye injury is blocking his vision. Because after the game, he said, after game one, when he got poked in the eye by Draymond, he said it got worse as the game went on, that he, it was very blurry, he couldn't see after it. And he said he would be fine. But they, you saw a lot of pictures during the game of what his eye looked like. Did not look good, looked like it got a lot worse. I wonder how much that affected him. Now the guy ended up with 29-13-9, so he had a fantastic game. But I just wonder if that limited his ability to have that takeover
2: performance because he was battling the ice. Well, you did say early on you noticed that his ball usage was down from game one. Four of the first six possessions that the Cavs had, he didn't touch the ball. It was very
0: odd how they started the game.
2: Yeah, um, it was just a very very weird offensive flow. Um, I think that they had success too early on. Um, it just it was just a very very odd approach to the game. Um, I think we were accustomed to seeing LeBron take over, drive to the paint. He was shooting the lights out in game one. And then to have it go away from it, you mentioned it a ton frequently during the game that you thought that the vision may have been a problem and that probably had altered the game plan of you know not having the ball in his hands as much. But I will say this. I will give the Cavs credit for sticking around as long as they did because after losing game one uh, in that fashion, I know they had 72 hours to still kind of let that... Um, marinate a little bit and let it kind of wisp away, but I thought that, if anything... Uh, Golden State was going to come out, bombard them with threes, go up by double digits, and that was going to be the end of it. For this game to even get into the fourth quarter and have it be somewhat of a game, I'm, I'm impressed that the Cavaliers even took it that deep into the game. I thought that they were going to be uh, dead meat by halftime. Yeah, the, the lead for the Warriors was as big as what? Before it got to
0: end Before up that, in 19, I it mean, was about 15. Thir- yeah, 13-ish. Yeah, and, and the Cavs constantly had a response. The only time they didn't have a response in the fourth quarter when, when Steph hit the dagger three from uh, the logo, I mean, he hit it from the logo at center court. I mean, that's how far away he was, basically, when he had the ball stripped away from him, and he turned and kind of flipped it up there, and it went in. And at that point, the three of us kind of looked at each other in the office and said, okay, that's, that's the one, right? That's the one that kind of puts this one out of reach, and it was. And, and, I, and I thought the Cavs today were really, really... Interesting job defensively, doing a lot of switching, kind of, kind of taking a mold out of what Houston did in the Western Conference Finals, switching a lot. Uh, they were, the, the Warriors were getting Kevin Love involved in the pick and roll. And I don't think Kevin Love played awful defense in this game. It certainly wasn't peak defense, and, and certainly you need an excellent defensive effort to beat this Warriors team and, and really contest some of these threes. But I didn't think they played all that bad defensively. Early on in the first half, it was a layup line. Oh, I mean, yeah, coming off the yeah. of screens, Livingston was open. JaVale McGee, perfect six six. in this game. Six I mean, for six, yeah. eleven points. Uh, what Livingston? Yeah. Twelve points. Livingston was five of five in this game, and you know, those two combined. Th- those were th- that was a difference maker as well. Early in the first, there was a layup line. I thought in the third quarter, particularly, they played much better defensively. And it was the only quarter that they won, and, which and is I, ironic. Right, and I, I look back at this, and, and it certainly sounds like I'm trying to pick up positives for Cleveland, but that's a, that's what we have to do at this point because. LeBron isn't going to be able to, to carry this team every night. Look, he didn't score fifty one tonight because he can't do that every night. No matter how great he is, and he is great, he can't do that every night. Somebody had to
1: step up. They got it, but they didn't get it at the right time. Two two part question for you guys. Okay. How many Cavs do you think did not score tonight? Two. two. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one. Zero. Every single Cavalier on the team scored. Two of which were even positive Uh plus-minus. Antis Isaac Uh and Jose Calderon. Uh Oh, the the famous
0: Jose Calderon. The famous
1: plus-minus debate. Here's the the debate that I'd like to get into that we saw all over the place on NBA Twitter that we talked about in the office. Is every single Cavalier actually played? There was no... Did not play. coach decisions, There's no
2: nothing. Ty Lue, you know, cleared yes. the bench out with At- like three and a half minutes left. He said, "Get out of my game. Let's just finish this off. we like, are uh, not going to risk yeah. an injury. Obvious- being soft, yeah. not playing all 40 right, minutes. I forgot. Uh,
1: uh, obvious, kidding everybody. Obviously, so, so part joke. of that was just garbage time. You got to throw right. Uh, you don't want your your starting lineup getting hurt. But it, it made me think of this. Do you think that going forward, Ty Lu has to take a chance here? And he needs to make a change Whether it doesn't even necessarily J.R. Smith's the obvious candidate He only had 5 points, he was 2 of 9 shooting He's terrible on defense He just doesn't bring anything to this game But do you think that other players Whether you think they're better or not Do you think at this point you just have to at least give them a chance um, I, look, Tyloo doesn't
0: have to do anything. Right? Tyloo has a 48 and, forty-one and eighteen career postseason record. He's won an NBA championship. He has earned the right to put the roster that he feels is best suited to win him a championship out on the court. Now we can sit here and second guess it, and I think it's fair of us to do so. And I think the, the two candidates you look at to maybe make a change with are J.R. Smith and, and Jordan Clarkson. I don't think Jordan Clarkson can hit a cruise ship right now if you ask him to. The guy just can't hit a bucket. I, I, I think this team needs to get Rodney Hood more involved. And I think they just need to find something. and I don't know if it's Jedi Osman. Uh, you saw him come in early in what well, the second quarter. It was it was, very qu- it was a quick little maybe he played 30 seconds, but it was, it was a telling moment for Tyloo to get him in there uh, to, to do that. So I, I think you could look at those two guys. Look, what was the story early on in the postseason, specifically in Game 7 and in that series against the Pacers? When they needed energy, who did they go to? Tristan Thompson, who did not start a lot in that series. Well, he started to start in that series, and he brought energy when they needed it. And look, he brought energy early tonight. He was playing very well, and he's got himself back in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. I wonder if somebody else can give them that. They need it. Jeff Green's going to have to play. They need him to play. But they're not playing Rodney Hood. I think you can put him in there. I think you can put Jetty Osman in there. You've got to find a way to get Kyle Korver more minutes. I don't know how they're going to do that. 17. They They seem to feel that they need him in a certain matchup. I feel like you have to get him out there and get him shots and get him in rhythm. And look, at the end of the day, Jordan Clarkson has to make shots. George Hill has to make shots. These other players
2: have to make buckets. And they just haven't. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's pretty much depends on how much Tyler wants to gamble. Uh, you're going home for Game Three. You wonder if your role player is going to play better at home. That's typically the case. Um, but at the same time, this is still the same rotation that should have won Game One. Was in it for Game Two. So if it backfires, you could always you could always say, well, you know, you don't make those changes. Look what happens. You don't want to break anything that doesn't, you know, that isn't. You don't want to fix anything that isn't broken. Um, but at the same time, you know, you look at the Cavs, how big of underdogs they are. You know, is there something, is this a case of, well, we're down 2 0, nobody really gives us a chance. Um, do we just take the gamble and, and go with it? Or do you go with the lineup and the players that have kind of kept you in games? So I think really that Ty losing kind of at a crossroads and. I mean, I guess we'll just find out in game three.
0: Right, and, and, here, and here's the, the one thing I will say to just wrap this up here. Look, the, the Warriors played exceptionally well. Steph Curry set a you know, uh, finals record tonight. But the Cavs can look at these two games, even though they're down 0-2, and, and look at things and say, wow, these are good things to take away. And, and I don't know if many of us thought entering the series that that would be the case. But they are going back to Cleveland 0-2. Look, in theory, they haven't, they haven't lost anything yet because they didn't win on the road, right? They're not supposed to win on the road. If they lose Game 3, now all of a sudden it's, okay, they didn't do what they were supposed to do. If they stole one in, in Oracle Arena, that would have been, you know, house money to return home 1-1. Now, they just have to hold serve and then steal one on the road at some point in this series. Now we switch focus to Game 3. What is it, two days off now to, to, to really think about it? They can go home. They now have home court. Hopefully their crowd can, can excite them, and I think that, that what we're going to see is these role players are going to play much better in front of their home crowd and get excited and get into it, and I would not be surprised if Cleveland's able to quote unquote steal game three and at least make this a 2-1 series and make it a little bit more competitive. But the key to this is they're gonna have to get better defensively. I'm not worried about the Cavs offensively. They have shown that they can put up a hundred against this team. Le- LeBron can take over a game and he can get this team over the hump. They have to contest these shots. Steph's gonna make shots, Clay's gonna make shots. Kevin Durant's going to make shots. But if you can contest them into enough bad shots, you'll be able to prolong this series. The question is, can they do that in more than one game? And they have not showed it so far. They're going to have to do it at home in game three.